Welcome to Birth Naturally. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Kate. And we are sisters having a conversation about everything from med-free birth to natural parenting. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. It's just me um, this time because Kaylee finally had her baby, if you didn't already see on Instagram. So yeah, we thought uh, we'd give her the week off, but baby is great and healthy and she's doing great and I'm super excited to be able to bring her on the podcast and have her share her whole story. Uh, yeah, that'll be really fun. So today I'm actually talking to Jessica who has had two unmedicated hospital births in the past two years. I don't even know what I've accomplished in the past two years, but good for Jessica for having two babies <laughs> in that amount of time. So yeah, it was really cool to talk to her and she really educated herself on birth and she had two pretty quick labors. So yeah, um, we are just going to get right into it. Um, enjoy the episode. And if you love the podcast, don't forget to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It really helps. So let's jump right in. Welcome, Jessica. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah. Why don't you start by telling me a little about you and your family? Um, so my name is Jessica, obviously. Um, I live in White, Georgia. It's about an hour northeast of Atlanta. Um, so I live surrounded by fields and farms and cows streams um and I live with my husband Nick he is my childhood best friend and my high school sweetheart um, oh, that's cool <laughs> and then my daughter Deborah, who is 16 months and then my son Calvin who just turned one month oh that's awesome so when did you guys decide to start your family and how was your journey to getting pregnant uh, we did not decide. My daughter was a huge surprise. Um, <laughs> I am actually adopted along with my twin. We were adopted at six weeks old. And um, that's always just been something that my husband and I really were passionate about and felt like God placed on our heart was adoption. Mm-hmm. And so we actually were not planning on having any biological kids, um, but we didn't take any permanent steps mm-hmm. that. and so we always just kind of said well we're going to prevent and um, God can do anything so if we are meant to have a biological child then and that happens then you know we're we're trying not to but it could still happen and that's what happened right. um, I got pregnant with my daughter in December of 2020 as a complete shock and I found out in January um, and I actually was staying with my in-laws at the time away from my husband and uh, the day after I found out I was pregnant, I tested positive for COVID. Oh, no. So I was stuck in Georgia with my in-laws while my husband was in Illinois and oh, we were gosh. pregnant and it was a complete shock. And we were both just like, oh my gosh, what is happening right now? Yeah, having to deal with that news on your own too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I yeah. can't even imagine. Yeah, it felt like a dream because I have always had super irregular periods and so I was really really late but I just kept telling myself you know like you've had pregnancy scares with all the symptoms before and Mm -hmm. that time I really just had a bunch of cramping and so I just thought my period's coming any minute it's coming any minute and then Mm -hmm. I 
took a test and it was positive before I could even, you know, finish peeing on it. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's crazy. So just out of curiosity, was there a reason that you didn't want to have any biological kids or was it just because you, you just really wanted to adopt your babies? Yeah, we just really wanted to adopt and mm-hmm. we just, you know, being adopted myself, we were always like, you know, it's just, it's the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So why not grow our family that way? And then actually after a little while into our marriage, um, I did kind of start having a, I guess when people talk about that biological clock ticking is right. my clock just started ticking and I just had this like crazy urge. Like I just want to be pregnant with a baby and mm-hmm. we weren't, you know, we, my husband was still in graduate school, so it wasn't really on the radar either way. And so we were just still praying about it and talking about it and like, you know, God will show us what we need to do. And then I got pregnant. And so that was obviously what we needed to do. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Your decision was made for you. So that's good. (laughs) That makes it a little bit easier. Looking at my daughter's personality now, I'm like, yeah, you were going to come when you wanted to come, I guess. (laughs) So how did your pregnancy go with her? Um, It was honestly, I feel like just the most textbook pregnancy. It was very smooth, very uncomplicated. And, you know, saying that, I'm sure you obviously know, just because a pregnancy is like smooth and healthy does not mean it's super easy. It's always, oh, yeah. it's always hard, no matter how easy it is. If that right, sense. right. Unless something like terrible happened, like you're going to look back and be like, yeah, it was fine. But in the moment, you're like, oh, yeah. this is the worst. <laughs> I, um, I had, I would say, in the grand scheme of things, mild morning sickness, because I didn't throw up. I had really severe nausea, but I was not throwing up. I was just you know, eating little snacks all day to kind of settle my stomach. And I was working at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I worked through my whole pregnancy. Um, I worked at Starbucks, actually. So I worked on Mm -hmm. like smelling like coffee. (laughs) Oh, Um, gosh. Yeah, (laughs) that doesn't help your nausea, I'm sure. No. And at the time we lived in Chicago for my husband's grad school. So you walk everywhere. And so I would walk to work I would work on my feet I would walk home and then I would just collapse and take a nap for like an hour I'm sure <laughs> the whole first second trimester but uh, overall yeah it was super smooth um in the second trimester I did some physical therapy because I was just having a lot of hip pain with all the relaxing and everything stretching and changing but in general it was just smooth sailing and I really felt like I couldn't complain because I was like I you know I just can't even believe this is happening to me right now. So I'm just trying <laughs> to enjoy every minute. So did the physical therapy help? Yes. I now am like anytime anyone has a pregnancy pain, I'm like, oh, have you thought about going to physical therapy? You should really go to physical therapy. Yeah, I know. A lot of people just kind of suffer through it. I definitely did that. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know, that's really my kind of personality too, but my insurance covered it. And so I went for it and now I'm like, do not suffer Yeah, physical therapy because even if you only go to a few sessions, they're going to teach you things that you can continue to do at home. And then even if you have more pregnancies after that, you can do those exercises too. So it really is like the gift that keeps giving. Yeah, definitely. That makes total sense. Did you know that you wanted to have a natural birth or was that something you decided during your pregnancy? I always knew that if I were to get pregnant, I would want to have a natural birth. Um, Mm -hmm. I have just been fascinated by pregnancy and labor and birth for years and years. So even when I was not personally planning on getting pregnant, I would watch 
pregnancy, you know, vlogs or listen to birth stories or read about the process of natural birth. And it was just so fascinating to me. I really just felt like, you know, God made my body to do this. Like I was, I was made to give birth this way. Um, but also I just, I hate not being able to move. And so the idea of being essentially paralyzed from the waist down, I just did not think that I could handle that mentally. I thought it has to be easier to cope with the pain of the contractions than to just be laying there stuck. Yeah. I was also kind of mm -hmm. just scared of the epidural. Yeah, it is. It is scary. (laughs) I had it two times and it's, um, but I mean, it does make all the pain go away. So (laughs) Yeah, that is nice benefits or else I don't think anyone would do it yeah um but yeah I agree like being like just like just strapped to the bed like you cannot move at all it is a pretty horrible feeling yeah. so um yeah I I can totally see what you mean about you know your body's made for that and yeah i mean i think it's great that you were like just determined to go through with it so how did you kind of prepare for that um i am a huge reader and so i just was consuming every little single bit of information that i could read that i could watch that i could get my hands on um because i tend a little bit towards anxiety as well and so i think for me I felt like, you know, I'm not going to be as nervous if I feel like I know everything that could happen or that might happen or every little possibility. So I just, you know, on YouTube, every single like birth story that I could find, every video about tips for natural birth, I must have Googled like every different way that I could think of to get new different results. (laughs) Um, And I also, uh, there was a couple channels I went back to over and over um, I watched a lot of Bridget Tyler's videos and then Sarah Levon, I'm pretty sure I watched every single thing that she put out. She is a former labor and delivery nurse. Now she works as a doula and she does all this education, but she also has some professional classes that you can pay for. And I absolutely could not afford that at the time, but she actually, um, their website will offer scholarships on occasion. And so I reached out and they actually gifted me uh, a coping with labor class. And it's meant for you to take with your birth partner, you know, usually your husband, but whoever is going to be with you. And so my husband and I did that um, towards the end of the third trimester. And that helps so much just feeling like we, we had tools in our toolbox. Like we had a lot of options and things that he could do to help me. Yeah. Yeah, that's the perfect kind of person that you want to learn from, because not only does she have experience in the hospital setting, um, you know, as a labor and delivery nurse, but also as a doula, like caring for, you know, someone in labor. So that's, you know, that's ideal. That sounds amazing. Yeah, so that all helped so much. And then um, I didn't really get into podcasts until the second time, but then that too is just an amazing resource. It's just hearing all these different birth stories and knowing that birth can go 8 million different ways, but almost all of them are normal and okay. They're just variations of normal birth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how were you feeling as you approached your due date? Did you, did you make it to your due date? Yes. So I worked up until I was, I wouldn't, I, I can't do the math in my brain right now, but I worked until like nine days before my due date. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I was feeling pretty good physically. Mentally, I was so anxious to start my maternity leave and kind of just feel like I was in the mode of, all right, I'm on baby watch, baby can come anytime, everything is sort of taken care of and I'm ready. But then once I went on maternity leave, I was just so stir crazy. <laughs> I was just waiting for the baby to come and the baby wasn't coming. And, you know, of course, you don't really expect your first to come nine days early. And yeah. that was something that helped is mentally the whole pregnancy. I was telling myself, I'm going to go 10 days late. I'm going to go 10 days late. Like that's the real due date that I should be expecting is 10 days over. Yeah, that's smart. <laughs> and so that did help a bit. But yeah, I, I mostly was just kind of trying to keep myself mentally on the up and up. Like I had left some stuff with putting the nursery together specifically for my maternity leave. So I would have something to keep me. <laughs> so I just kept pushing some of these little projects back to kind of keep myself occupied. But physically, I felt really good. Um, I slept pretty well, which is amazing. Uh, I wasn't getting up to pee too much during the night, which is also amazing. Mm -hmm. I was mostly just how you expect to feel at the end of pregnancy, like big and pretty slow. Mm -hmm. uh, I think part of the reason that I felt pretty okay is I make small babies. And so I have a small belly. And so I can get around pretty easy. Like I can still tie my shoes and stuff. Yeah, that's but awesome. I, I definitely was done. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I'm sure. <laughs> so did you have an OB or a midwife? So I have a, com for both my pregnancies, I, I had the same practice. It's a combined OB and nurse midwife practice. Mm -hmm. And so I technically had, um, for my first pregnancy on my records, you know, I'm under the care of this OB, but I never saw that OB. I just saw um, several of the midwives for all of my visits. Gotcha. And were they pretty like lax about how late you could go and, you know, if they were going to try, you know, Pitocin or some other way to get your labor started? Or they did you not really talk about it? Okay. I asked at one of my later appointments, hey, you know, are if I go too far over, are you going to try to induce me because I don't want to be induced? And the midwife said, you know, if you hit 41 weeks, we'll start talking about induction. Like, we would like you to go past 42 weeks, but we're not going to make you get induced just because you're overdue. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's, that's the kind of thing you want to hear. And I, I think it's probably smart to for them to just say, like, let's wait to talk about it. Because half the time, you know, some you don't even make it to 42 weeks or 40 or even 41 weeks. So yeah, so why, why stress about it at that point? So when did you start feeling like, okay, this is this is the real deal? So uh, my my weeks would change over on Tuesdays. And on the Sunday before my due date, so I was 39 and five, um, I went to church and I had like, I had a lot of brassinics in my pregnancy, even though it was my first. And they were usually not painful, but they were always there. Like if I would go up and down the stairs, if I would stand up, if I would go to the bathroom, um, if I would wait too long to go to the bathroom, I would just have these contractions that were painless. And then every once in a while, one would kind of hurt. And so my, the midwives told me, if you're feeling a lot of um, Braxton Hicks, or if you're feeling a little bit of painful contractions, take some Tylenol, drink a ton of water and just relax. And if they keep going, then, you know, that's when you want to think about calling. 
Mm-hmm. And so I was having some cramping, getting ready for church. So I took some Tylenol. I drank a ton of water and they pretty much settled down. And so I would feel one here and there, but I specifically remember um, one of my friend's husbands knew that I was due on Tuesday. And he said, do you feel like you're going to have a baby on Tuesday? And I was like, um, no, I don't know. Not really. But right when I said that I had like a really big cramp and I just kind of thought, oh, that's funny timing. <laughs> so, so I went home and that afternoon I had some painful cramping and it lasted for a while. And so I started getting kind of excited and then uh, it, it was nothing. And then that night I had a bunch of contractions that they kept me from sleeping for part of the night and I got really excited and then it was nothing. (laughs) (laughs) And so I didn't end up going into labor until Monday night, which was the day before my due date. Yeah, she she ended up coming on her due date. She came through. So when did you decide like it was actually time to call your midwife? So I had random cramps on and off all day Monday, and I just kind of felt like I kept trying to tell myself not to get too excited, but I felt like something was happening. My stomach was really upset, but then I was also really hungry. I guess my body was trying to fuel up, Mm -hmm. Um, and I just was super restless and uncomfortable. Like I would try to nap, but I didn't really feel like I could nap more than a little bit, and I would just have these they felt a lot like period cramps and they, I would have, you know, one and then one five minutes later and then one 20 minutes later and then one an hour later. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was just super random like that all day. You know, I would go four hours and feel nothing. And then I would have four or five in an hour and then nothing. And so it went like that all the way until about 11 on, on Monday night. And I decided, you know, I'm just going to go to bed. I'm just going to rest and hopefully this will go away. And of course, as soon as I tried to lay down, things started picking up. And so then just kind of all of a sudden, they were like five minutes apart. Um, And they were lasting for a minute. But I didn't know that because I just downloaded like the first contraction timer app that I found. And the way that it displays your contractions, it averages them out over the period of an hour so they were five minutes apart but it was still telling me the average from the last hour so i didn't want <laughs> to get that they were so i was still like oh well this isn't really labor because you know it's not even the five one one whatever so i decided to take a bath because i had heard so many times that if it's not real labor and you take a bath it'll go away right so i got into the bathtub i brought in the sound machine that we got for my daughter and I dimmed the lights. And so I was just sitting in there and trying to relax. And I was in there for 20 minutes and nothing happened the whole time. Like my husband brought me some strawberries and cheese. That's what I asked him for. (laughs) I just ate those in the bathtub and I kind of relaxed. And I was like, well, I guess nothing's happening. And I got out and I had a contraction and just immediately it was like, things were back on. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) so they were five minutes apart and they were getting pretty strong like I would I was just trying to get comfortable because I still was thinking oh this isn't really labor yet or if it is it's like super early labor or like pre-labor so I need to find a way to relax so I tried leaning on the birth ball I tried sitting on my knees and leaning on a chair I tried laying on my side and just nothing was really comfortable, but it wasn't agonizing either. It was just, it was still kind of more like period cramps. Like it was just super 
uncomfy. And so my husband was kind of trying to help me, but I didn't really know what I wanted. And so I just ended up sitting on the floor of our bedroom and I would sit up on my knees every time I would have a contraction and just kind of rock back and forth. And we kept going like that till I want to say around one or one thirty. And I finally said, you know what, I want to just call the hospital and see what they say, because the app had finally sort of caught up and mm-hmm. it was saying they were five minutes apart. They were not, they were closer than that, but I didn't know that. <laughs> so I said, I want to call the hospital and just see what they say, because technically I'm at the point where I could go in and I just don't know what to think. I don't know if this is real. And so we called and they said, we'll call you back. And so the midwife called back and she called back. And as soon as I started trying to talk to her, I had a contraction. And so I couldn't talk. And my husband took the phone and had to talk to her. And that's when she was like, okay, yeah, you could just come in and get checked. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's time. <laughs> and I was so stressed because I here I am thinking, you know, this is probably super early labor. And what if I'm only you know, a centimeter dilated because at my 39 week appointment, I, I wanted them to check me when they offered because I was so curious and I was one centimeter and like 70% faced. And so I was thinking, what if I get there and I'm still one centimeter and it is this painful? Like, I guess I'm just going to have to cave and get the epidural because I can't, you know, I don't yeah. know how long this is going to be. This could be 24 more hours. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to load up and get going. Um, and it just seems like it's taking forever. And then we got to the car and we realized that we were on empty. So we oh, had no. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was trying to like listen to music. I had put so much work into this labor playlist with all this peaceful music on it. And um, I'm listening to it. And then we're sitting in the gas station parking lot. And we live in an area where a lot of truckers come through. So this trucker is walking past the car as I'm like vocalizing through a contraction. So I'm just like moaning and groaning. And then we make eye contact through the car. <laughs> I don't even care. He can think whatever he wants. Yeah, right. <laughs> he knows. Um, so by the time we got back on the road, I had been telling my husband for the entire pregnancy I do not want you to speed when I'm in labor. I do not want you to speed to the hospital. I don't want you running red lights or stop signs. That's just going to stress me out more. Like I'm a first time mom. There's no way I'm going to have a baby in the car. Just drive normal. Mm -hmm. So he has cruise control on it. It's literally going like the exact speed limit. And we were probably three or four exits away from the hospital. And I looked at him and I was like, okay, you can go faster. (laughs) (laughs) he's like but you've been telling me for months (laughs) so we get there and I am like I stop in the parking lot and I stop in the hallway and I stop in the elevator and I stop in another hallway so when I looked back at the contraction app they were actually two minutes apart by this point Mm -hmm. and they were pretty intense like I was breathing and like doing you know the really low And my husband told me later, he was like, if I hadn't been carrying all of our stuff, I would have just picked you up and carried you. (laughs) (laughs) And you were really freaking me out. (laughs) And so we got to triage and I 
as soon as we get to the triage counter, I'm having a contraction and can't talk. (laughs) So my husband was like, oh, just show them like your app, how far apart they are. And for some reason, I was so embarrassed. I was, no, I don't want to show them that. I just, they're like three minutes apart. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) They took me into triage and checked me and I was literally praying like, please don't let me be one centimeter. And I was 100% in face and seven centimeters. When I oh, wow. And so I was so relieved. And I'm sure. I was like, this is the real thing. This is happening. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of getting close to transition, which is good because this is really intense. Mm-hmm. Um, and the nurse asked me, you know, did you want to get the epidural? And I said, no. And she said, okay, good. Because I don't know if we have time for that. I was like, wait, what? Like. I'm seven centimeters. What do you mean we don't have time for that? How fast do you think this is going to go? Um, so they really quickly put our IV in because I was group B strep positive. And so they wanted to start me on antibiotics for that. Um, and, you know, they're doing all of all of the things, the blood pressure and the temperature and all that. And they checked on the baby and the baby sounded great. You know, when you're when you're in labor and you feel like you kind of don't know what's happening and then they finally you hear the baby's heartbeat and you're like, okay, we're both okay. We're in this together. Like we're doing this. It's just mm-hmm. such a good feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they actually let me walk to my labor room because it's literally right down the hallway. And they asked if I wanted a wheelchair and I could not have sat down. Um, no. Oh my gosh. That's like the most uncomfortable position when you're in labor. Well, also at my at my 39 week appointment my daughter was posterior so she was mm-hmm. sort of side up and yeah. I, you know they didn't check her position in labor so i have no way of knowing but i had bath labor so i would bet that she was still sunny side up at that point so the idea of sitting all all i could do was be on my hands and knees that's where yes. I was. yes uh, my my um son who i had a home birth with was born posterior and I didn't know it either. I had no idea the whole time, but it, yeah, like the idea of sitting is just uh, absolutely not. <laughs> There's no way on all fours the whole time. <laughs> yeah, because I kept, once I got into the labor room, I kept having to pee and sitting on the toilet was terrible. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah, that's, it's, it's definitely uncomfortable. <laughs> You're in active labor and transition. Peeing is the most stressful thing because you're just thinking am I going to be able to get to the toilet pee and get back to my comfortable position yeah exactly they're so close together right Uh, (laughs) so yeah we got to the room and we had a a wonderful nurse and she actually was with us the whole time because they have to do they have wireless monitors um, but they have to do a certain period of monitoring and then they leave the room and the nurse never got to leave because my daughter just kept dropping lower and lower and lower. So she would have to come adjust everything mm-hmm. so that they could keep track of her heartbeat. And so she just was with us for the whole time. Cause by the time we got into our room, I think it was around 3.30 AM. Um, and so I was just on my hands and knees on the bed and uh, my husband was standing next to me and he was doing counter pressure on my hips. Um, he tried, you know, one hand, both hands, tennis ball. And I just basically wanted him to crush my hips with his hands. <laughs> and so that's what he was doing the whole time. I didn't want him to talk to me. I didn't want to answer any questions. Um, I didn't want to drink ice water. I just wanted to be squeezed. 
because <laughs> the pressure of my daughter's head was so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and she came out face down. So she flipped at some point. Oh, wow. I wonder when that happened. Yeah. I think like right at the last minute because yeah. she was there the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so um, I kept going like that for around an hour and I was definitely in transition by the time we got to the room. I, you know, anyone who's been through natural labor knows the feeling you're just like hot and sweaty and you're shaky, you're nauseous and you just feel like it's just completely overwhelming. And I remember vividly thinking to myself, I don't know if I can do this. And what I had learned so much about birth that that made me excited. So I was like, this is transition. Like I'm about to be done if I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I felt a ton of pressure and I kind of turned around and just wanted to lean on the on the hospital bed, like sitting and halfway sitting, halfway laying and my water broke everywhere. And immediately I felt this huge relief from the pressure, but then the next contraction, my body started bearing down for me. Mm -hmm. And I was so stressed because after my water broke, they checked me and I was nine and I kept telling them, you know, I feel like I'm pushing. And they were like, that's normal to bear down a little bit, just kind of breathe through it. And I was like, no, you don't understand. I'm pushing and I cannot stop. Mm-hmm. And so I flipped back onto my hands and knees because I just, I didn't know what else to do. I was like, I have to get pressure of the baby's head off of me, but I just could not, I could not control it. And so the midwife came back in and checked me again even though it had only been like 20 minutes and I was 10. And so she was like, you can push. And I was so relieved. So I was like, good. I have been pushing. (laughs) (laughs) So the only, one of the only things I didn't like is I had to push on my back because my husband was going to be the one catching and delivering the baby. And the midwife that we had was not comfortable with someone who had not delivered a baby before catching in a different position mm-hmm. so I laid on my back and I was like Ugh, I know this is the worst position to push in but I'm just gonna do it anyway mm-hmm. um and so they wanted me to do the like hold your breath and count to 10 and I'm a very non-confrontational person so I didn't want to just say no I'm not doing that so I just kind of said oh um I can try but I don't really know and I just <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I would have a contraction, I would push and like breathe out and like vocalize. I did not even attempt to hold my breath. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I pushed for less than 10 minutes. And oh, wow. She, she came flying out. My husband caught her and she was flailing and screaming. <laughs> no, because as soon as I did the first big push, I felt her like just drop down in my birth. Mm-hmm. And so then I just thought oh I bet I could get this baby out super fast so I just pushed super hard um which I do not recommend by the way don't know <laughs> um, this muscled her out and she just came flying out into my husband's hands and she was so squirmy he almost oh my gosh yeah that always scares me like seeing people catch babies and my husband did too but like I would be scared to do that because they're so slippery and like yeah squirmy he we didn't find out gender beforehand and so she was flailing so much in her quarters and you can hear on our birth video he goes it's a boy no no it's a girl and then it it looks like he just kind of throws her on my chest but really she's just escaping (laughs) 
That's so cute. Oh. Yeah. And so then I just was sobbing my eyes out and uh, she was perfect. She was screaming her head off and she was bright pink and and tiny. She was six pounds, 10 ounces, um, and she was 18 and three quarter inches. So very little. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that is crazy. She was just ready to get out. Yeah. And it (laughs) was, it was perfect. It was like euphoric. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh my gosh. That feeling when you're done, Mm -hmm. done all that hard work is just, there's nothing, there's no way to describe it. (laughs) Going from like the most intense feeling of your entire life. And then just like, ah, like it's all done. (laughs) It is, it is, yeah. We, we kissed and I was just looking at her and I was looking at him and then I said, let's have another one. <laughs> and the nurses were like, what? <laughs> that was really amazing. Let's do this again. I've heard that from so many moms who've had, like, I mean, I'm sure people like with, um, I'm sure moms with medicated births have said that too, but so many women on the podcast who have had natural births have said that immediately. <laughs> Because you just want to do it all over again. I know. It is It is the coolest experience. I mean, as long as everything goes, like, smoothly like yours did, I mean, why not? Why not do it again? <laughs> Especially, you know, those endorphins are crazy. Uh, yes. You feel like you can do anything. Right. Exactly. So you go from not wanting to have any biological kids to, <laughs> to then in that one instant thing. Okay, let's have more. <laughs> so let's briefly touch on your recovery and then we can talk about your your second baby um so recovery was overall fairly straightforward I would say a couple of my regrets come from immediately after I had her um I they do prophylactic pitocin at my hospital so they just give everybody pitocin to help your uterus contract and the placenta come out Mm-hmm. Um, so they gave me that, and I actually didn't know that they were going to do that. Um, but in the moment, I just was so, I mean, I was euphoric, but I was exhausted, and I just didn't feel like speaking up and being like, hey, no, wait, don't give that to me. Right. Um, so I just was kind of like, yeah, all right, whatever. Um, so my placenta came out pretty fast, and I really was bleeding very little. Um, I think. Anywhere from like 500 milliliters of blood loss to like uh, some places now are like up to a thousand milliliters. They don't consider it to be an emergency. And I only lost like 200 in their estimation. So I was doing really well. Um, But then I just had a ton of pain. And it was weird because I had one very small tear. And so they did one, just like one little stitch. And I guess it was deferred pain. Like, I don't know if I had a cross wire in my nerves or what, but maybe other people have gone through this. It felt like all the pain was in my butt. Mm -hmm. And like, it just felt like my entire butt was going to fall off my body. Oh my gosh. And it was so painful. Like they ended up asking, you know, do you want, like, you know, we're going to give you ibuprofen and stuff. Do you want like a narcotic or something stronger and I said yes because it was just so painful mm-hmm. I don't actually remember what they gave me but they said you know it's not going to make you high but it's going to make you really tired mm-hmm. and it did I was so out of it for the first couple hours and I just felt so weird I, I actually blacked out when they transferred me into the wheelchair to take me to the recovery room 
it was from that. And I just was, I just felt so weird, so bad. Um, and so physically everything went really, really well, but then I did definitely have some postpartum depression. Um, at the time I would have said, no, I just had the baby blues, but now looking back, I definitely was depressed and I just Mm -hmm. was so anxious about doing everything right for my baby. And just, you know, all those feelings that I think every, every mom knows that, that dread that hits you when the sun starts to go down and you know, that oh, yeah. another sleepless night with your baby and you just, <sighs> you just cry for no reason. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's really hard. It's really hard. Yeah. And I think you feel a lot of people, or at least me, you feel guilty because you have this baby and everything is going so well. And you know that you should be really happy. And you are happy, but then you also have all of these overwhelming negative feelings. Yeah, definitely. But within a couple months, that passed, and physically, I recovered really fast. And so the whole postpartum period was was really pretty good. Uh, like, other than that, like our our breastfeeding went really really well, um, and she was a really good baby. She <laughs> she had a lot of gas, but you know. I think a lot of babies have a lot. Yeah, I know. That's always so annoying, too, because you're like, there's really nothing. Like, you try different things, but there's really nothing that works. Yeah. <laughs> they just have to kind of, like, grow into their little bodies, you know? Like, it's there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> just ride it out. Yeah, exactly. So when did you decide it was time to start trying for another one? So within a couple of months, we were talking about like, it started as like, haha, maybe we should have another one. And then really quickly, by the time she was four months old, we were like, okay, we want another one. When can't we have another one? And so <laughs> then I started looking into, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to have them too, too close together. So I was looking into when, when did I think it would be safe to try and like, did we feel ready and what did we want to do? And uh, my husband and his brother are very close in age, and I'm a twin. So the idea of having two babies close together just felt kind of natural. And mm-hmm. so we were like, okay, well, we're for the best like health outcome, we're not going to try until she's six months. And then literally as soon as she turned six months, we started trying. <laughs> <laughs> and she got pregnant on the first try. So when she was six months old, we were pregnant with our second Oh my gosh. I can't imagine being pregnant with a six month old. <laughs> it is a trip. Let me tell you. <laughs> Did you have a nice, easy pregnancy again? Um, yes, but the nausea was way, way worse. I mm-hmm. was taking um both times I took, you know, the, the Unisum and B six together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I was taking the max dose the second time and then a few times I was taking Sofran because I was just so nauseous and having a six month old, you can't, you know, you can't slow down. Um, so I was still also exclusively breastfeeding her. So I was keeping like three people alive, like me, my breastfeeding six month old and my fetus Mm -hmm. at the same time. (laughs) Looking back, like it was another very smooth pregnancy. I would say in terms of like pain and discomfort, it was even smoother. Wow. Those first couple weeks and months is the most tired that I've ever been in my life. Like even now having a newborn who doesn't sleep through the night, I would say that the start of his pregnancy was still the most tired I've ever been. 
Yeah, some people get that where it's just like this over. I never got that. Luckily, I had I had the nausea on the throwing up, but I didn't get that like just extreme exhaustion. But that would be really difficult, especially when you have a baby to take care of. Hopefully, she was sleeping a lot at that point. <laughs> um, no, but no. <laughs> but she, well, she was waking up in the night, but only to eat. So like she would yeah. wake up the nurse and go right back to sleep. So even yeah, that's nice. Yeah, even though my sleep was interrupted, it wasn't like I was up all night with her. Right, right. It was, she said you started listening to podcasts in your second pregnancy? So I would go for long walks out in like the country here and just listen to this podcast and a bunch of other birth podcasts and um, podcasts just about like pregnancy in general. Because I felt like I was like, I, I feel like I've listened to everything, but like I want something new. And so... <clears throat> getting into the podcast was kind of what I did um mm -hmm. and it was good to walk because I worked out pretty hard for most of my first pregnancy this time my workouts were just chasing a baby and walking right right yeah that's and that's perfect yeah <laughs> makes your walks much more fun when you have interesting things to listen to <laughs> so that was really the kind of the only thing that I did different mm -hmm. um, I guess I took a few more like supplements with my prenatal this time like I took a lot of calcium and stuff because I was still breastfeeding through my whole pregnancy um, but other than that everything was pretty much the same so when did your labor start this time um I so this time my weeks changed over on a Sunday so once again, I was at church. Um, I was 39 weeks and everyone just kept telling me, oh, you know, go home and have that baby. And I was like, haha, I'll try. But I just, <laughs> I just had a feeling. I just felt that the baby was coming soon. Um, at my 38 week appointment, a few days before that, I was three centimeters already. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of felt like, <clears throat> excuse me, I just kind of felt like, okay, I feel like things are happening and I had had that huge burst of energy and, and nesting and sterilized everything in my house. <laughs> and I think you just, you have instincts and I just kind of felt deep down, even though I was trying to laugh it off, like that the baby was coming. So my husband and I, um, we went to church, we went to lunch, we went to um, a game night with our friends. Uh, we played Dungeons and Dragons actually. So that's what we were doing. <laughs> um, and so we went home we stopped and got mcdonald's and i specifically got like a, a happy meal like the smallest thing that i could get because i just thought to myself if i go into labor tonight i do not want to potentially get sick from eating a bunch of mcdonald's right <laughs> <laughs> so we came home um and my my daughter was being babysat and then we picked her up so we came home with her put her in bed and um and I literally had stopped breastfeeding her two days before that. Okay. So this was like one of the first nights that she went to bed without me nursing her before bed. Mm -hmm. um, and so we all went to bed and then I woke up to pee at like almost two in the morning, which, you know, as you do. Mm -hmm. um, and I came back to bed and actually for like the last few days, because I had been doing, you know, you do all the things to try to go into labor at the end, even though, you know, probably none of them work. You just do that. <laughs> yeah, it does make you just feel better. <laughs> both, both times, that is something I should have touched on before. Both times I did all the, I drank the red raspberry leaf tea. I did evening primrose oil. I ate the dates. I did the mild circuit. Like 
<clears throat> all of the all of the natural things. But then since I had gotten the check and been three centimeters, I had been like at night, right before I would fall asleep, I had been doing a little bit of nipple stimulation because I just thought, you know, yeah, if it doesn't, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so I would do that like because I know you're supposed to do it like for five minutes and then wait and then five minutes and wait for like an hour or something. Mm-hmm. I was never that dedicated. <laughs> Just do it once before I fell asleep and then if I woke up to pee in the middle of the night I would do it because I was like I'm laying here anyway so I woke up to pee and I did it like a little bit and then I immediately felt like a huge cramp and yeah that had happened before and so I had heard if you start to feel cramping just stop and if something happens great and if nothing happens fine so I just stopped and laid there and I was expecting to go to sleep and then I felt another huge cramp and I was like okay that's weird so I decided to do the old standby and get up and take a hot shower and expected it to go away and in the shower um actually I think I was listening to this podcast in the shower (laughs) were you really that's awesome (laughs) and then I focus so I turned on some music because I was like what's the point of listening to this if I'm not yeah just, it's just people talking at that point <laughs> so I started listening to music and my contractions were really weird I would have one that was really painful and lasted like a minute and then almost immediately I would have another one that wasn't painful and was short and then I would have a break and then I would have one that was painful but was really short again and then it would go away and then I would have another one that was longer. It, they just were like on top of each other, but not at the same intensity. Mm-hmm. So I just was really doubting myself and I had no clue what was going on. But the, in the shower, they were already, the ones that were intense were so intense that I was like breathing through them and like swaying back and forth and making noise. Mm-hmm. So I just was super confused because I was like, these are not, you know, they're supposed, I was just expecting them to be perfect textbook. One. Right. <laughs> And they very rarely are, you know, it's like, it's so hard to tell. It really is. Even though you had just been through it, it's like, still, it's just. That's why everybody says you have to trust your instincts because you're, my instincts were telling me, you know, this is something's happening. Like, this is the real thing. Right. It wasn't perfectly matching up with what it's supposed to be. I was thinking, oh, I don't know. You're second guessing yourself. Yeah. What really convinced me is, so I had been doing, you know, I had been inserting the evening primrose oil vaginally. And so the last time I had done it, um, I could, this sounds really weird. I've never heard anyone talk about this before, but I could feel the baby's head, not like coming out, but I could feel the place where the baby's head was, if that makes sense. Oh, wow. From the outside of the inside. I don't know if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. And so I was like, I wonder if I can feel if the head's in the same spot. So I washed my hands and I, I felt up there and I could feel that the baby's head was significantly lower than where it had been when mm-hmm. I was dead. And so that's yes. actually what really pushed me over the edge. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went and woke up my husband very quietly because my daughter, we have a big bedroom. And so there's kind of like this nook in the back of the bedroom and that's where my daughter was sleeping mm-hmm. very quietly woke up my husband <laughs> and I told him I thought I was in labor and he got up um 
and he has insomnia, so he had taken Ambien. Oh gosh. <laughs> it took him a very long time to like, <laughs> and wake not up. the not the best time um, when you're about to have babies. <laughs> no, looking back, we were both like, oh my gosh, we're so dumb. Why did we look at neither of us thought about it? Seriously. Um, so he finally woke up and I was telling him all these things. I was like, okay, you need to take the baby's stuff out of the car because she's gonna go stay with so-and-so and I need you to put this stuff in the car. And I finished telling him all this and he just goes, Wait, what? Oh my god. Like, okay. <laughs> okay. I need you to get together. It was amazing. He, he woke up. But he was like, wait, if you're in labor, why aren't you getting in the car? And I was like, well, because I need you to move all this stuff. And he was like, what stuff? Oh my god. <laughs> so I like, I'll just do it. <laughs> I told him everything again. And that time he got it and like woke up and moved everything around. <laughs> and so we went and got in the car. And luckily we had gas this time. Um, and so I was listening to music and that that was really the biggest honestly the biggest difference in this labor is I was listening to music the entire time and I would like try to sing along with it between contractions and I actually had I had this whole playlist and I literally just queued up the same five songs over and over and only listened to them (laughs) um and so we headed to the hospital and I was definitely really uncomfortable during the contractions, but they continued to be like four, three, four, five minutes apart. And so I just was thinking, you know, by the time we left for the hospital with my daughter, they were two or three minutes apart. I hope I'm doing the right thing. Right. And so I, again, was doubting myself, but deep down, I really was pretty sure. Mm -hmm. We got there and um, we had to go, we were going to have to go a long way around because they had just done some construction on the part of the hospital that we were going to, but uh, the lady who was at the front desk took pity on us and let us go the way we weren't supposed to be allowed to go. Because while we were talking to her, I had a contraction and I just like crouched down in the middle of the hallway or like leaned against the wall or something and could not talk. Oh my gosh. Um, and so we finally got up to triage and once again, you know, I'm having contraction after contraction. I can't really talk. They get us into the room. And I like put the hospital gown on and the midwife came in and checked me and she just started laughing. And I was like, oh no, what does that mean? And she was like, you are a nine. You are having. Wow. Oh my gosh. You made it just in time. (laughs) And I felt so validated because I was, yeah, yes, this is real labor. I'm not just like a weenie and I didn't just forget how hard this is in the last however many months. Right. (laughs) Um, so I was a nine and I was like 90% effaced. And so once again, they really quickly got me the antibiotics, got me into a room. Um, I did use the wheelchair this time because I could not walk. <laughs> and so I got back up onto the hospital bed and this time I did not want counter pressure. I, I really didn't want to be touched. My husband stood next to me. And he just kept a cold washcloth on the back of my neck and he gave me ice water. And those were the two best things that anyone could have ever done for me. <laughs> because I just was in my own world. Um, I had, I did the combs this time. I had the two combs in my hand. Mm-hmm. And those are amazing. Everybody should try squeezing combs into the palm of their hand in labor. Um, I've never heard of that. Oh my gosh. Okay. So <laughs> you, um, you put like the, 
the teeth part of the comb into your hand, like a small comb, and you squeeze it during a contraction, and it hurts a little bit, not that bad, but basically there's this theory that the pain of the squeezing the combs gets to your brain before the pain of the contraction. And so it like mutes the contraction. Oh, interesting. Wow. And that's exactly what it does. It's incredible. That's awesome. So yeah, definitely everyone should at least try that because if it doesn't work, it's just some 99 cent combs. Yeah, exactly. It worked for you. So might as well try it. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, and so basically the midwife came in and told me, you know, once your, uh, once your antibiotics finish getting into you in the next couple minutes, if you want, I can just break your water and you can have the baby. And I kind of didn't know what to do because I was so anti-intervention, but then at the same time, I was like, I really want to have my baby. So I looked at my husband and said, I don't know, honey, what do you think I should do? Like, what do you think? And he said, I think you were just literally telling me I want to be done. <laughs> so, I, so I said, okay. So we finished the antibiotics and uh, she broke my water and almost no water came out, which was because his head was right there. So it just kind of kept it all in. Um, and so then the midwife, this midwife was amazing, by the way, she was a different midwife and she was very holistic. She immediately wanted me to stand up by the bed and sway and like squat a little bit and use gravity. Um, so they just put a bunch of pads under me and I just stood there. And as soon as I had the next contraction, I felt like a little bit of pressure. And then over the next couple more, I started feeling like I needed to bear down, but not that much. Mm -hmm. And she told me that I could deliver him standing up by the bed if I wanted to. Um, oh, and I really nice. thought about it, but I felt mm -hmm. like I needed the security of like having something underneath me, not so much him. Right. Um, so I, between contractions, I crawled back up onto the bed. And then once I got to leaning over the foot of, over the head of the bed, I was on my hands and knees and I like had my arms over the top of the bed and I still had the combs. And that's when I was like, okay these are pushing contractions. Like, you know, when you start hearing yourself like grunting. Yes. And you can't stop it. And mm -hmm. so everybody kind of arranged themselves and um, the contractions weren't super long. So I was just trying to breathe into them because that's what I did differently this time is I learned a lot about breathing through pushing and like pushing with your core and with your breath and not straining and- right. Bridget Taylor's video about J breathing when you push. Was really I saw that. That was so helpful. Oh my gosh. It's a game changer. Yes, it really is. I used it. Well, I had an epidural with my second, but I used it still. And I mean, I got her out like no problem. And I tried to use it with um, my third, the home birth. And I couldn't because he was posterior. So like my contractions were just like, they just weren't good contractions. So I kept yelling and, you know, I couldn't do the J breathing. I couldn't focus on it, but it like, if you practice it, like when you're pregnant, it is so, so helpful. Yeah. It, and I did a lot, like I would be in the car and I would just put my hand on my belly and, you know, I wouldn't like push, like I was actually giving birth, but I would try to teach myself to focus that breath that way. And that yes, yes. game changer. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's what I did. And with my daughter, I think my pushes and my breathing and all of that was a lot more like just less in control, like mm -hmm. more high pitched and yell yelly, even though I was trying not to. 
Mm -hmm. um, with him, I really tried to get as low and guttural as possible the whole time, but especially during pushing. So mm -hmm. I would hear myself getting high pitched and then I would try to just focus lower again. Mm -hmm. And so I was pretty much roaring him out and it took a little bit longer than with my daughter. And I asked, you know, am I close? Am I almost done? And they say yes. And so I just really, I would, I did the knee, I did the knees and feet out position, which also is a huge game changer. Mm -hmm. um, and so I would just kind of sit back into the contraction also, like, not like I was going to sit all the way down, but just like sit my butt back a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then I just could feel that he was almost there. And so I just went with it and got super, super loud. Um, I, I had a brief thought in my head, like, oh, I kind of feel bad for everybody else in this room, but it is what it is. <laughs> They've heard it all. Um, and so then I just kind of like roared him out into my husband's hands. Oh, wow. And it, you said it took a little longer this time. Yeah, because I was just going slow and trying to focus on using my breath and not just forcing him out. Yeah. And did that help? I know you said you had to get like one small stitch the first time. Did you have to get stitched at all this time? Uh, no, I had a tiny, tiny superficial tear. It was basically like the scar tissue from last time tore a little bit, but they didn't even stitch it. Oh, that's good. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. That is, and now you have a little tiny baby and a, and a very small little girl. <laughs> yes, a big, a big baby and a little baby. Yeah, how is that going? It is, it's so hard, but it's like the, it's the richest, hardest thing that I have ever done. Yeah. And it's just fascinating when you have your second and you compare everything to your first, you know, not in a negative way, but it's just so crazy yeah. how every baby is so different. And yeah. so everything that they do, you're like, oh, wow, my first did this and they did this, or like they do, they do these things the same. Like he was six pounds and 13 ounces, mm -hmm. um, but he was 20 inches long. So he's very like long and skinny. Mm -hmm. So he looks a lot smaller than my daughter still at this age because he's just so stretched out. So, so all skinny, of, yeah. All, all his weight has nowhere to go. Oh. <laughs> and he's, he's uh, very snuggly. I'm actually, I'm wearing him right now. I've been wearing him this whole time. Oh, he's and, been so quiet. Yeah, well, that's what he wants. He wants to sleep on your chest all day. And my daughter is like very independent. She doesn't want to be held. She wants to go. Yeah. So it's just uh, yeah, I know how that goes. Where and I'm like, you know what? When they're only small ones. I let them sleep on my chest all the time for like way too long. But you know, you do. It's easy. Yeah, it's just the best. <laughs> yeah, it really is. So, do you have any advice for moms who may be considering a med-free birth? Um, I what I say to people is, I think if you don't if you want to have an epidural then you then you should get one like if that's what you want then you should do it um but if you want to have a natural birth you absolutely can do it i i truly believe that everybody who can who everybody who wants to have a natural birth can have one yes. so just just knowing that in your mind from the beginning that you are made to do this you are fully capable of doing this 
Like it's just about what you want to do. So if you want to do it, you can do it and you're fully able to do it and just educate yourself so that you know, you know, you can't, you can't know exactly how your individual birth is going to go, but so that you know what's normal and you know how many different things can happen and that most of the time they're okay and you're okay and your baby's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It might be one of a million different ways, but you're going to be able to get through it. Yeah, that's so true. I love that. So how can our listeners get in touch with you? Um, so I am on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is private, but you can still message me and I will be able to see it and respond. It is uh, the barefoot chick, but with just a Steve instead of a K. So it's like, okay, got it. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Stories. Yeah. yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope that you are enjoying the podcast. And if you are, please leave us a rating and review. We would really appreciate it. And don't forget to follow along on Instagram at Birth Naturally. And if you go on there, you can actually see some new merch we have. So we hope that you guys like those designs. And yeah, until next time.